Trevor, and on behalf of myself, Lauren, and Leo, welcome to the Boo Crew Podcast, episode 268. At time of release, a new episode each day this week, concluding with returning guest to the show, the immensely talented and versatile actor, and she is so cool, Madison Eisman. Her new series, I Know What You Did Last Summer, is now available on Amazon Prime. Find out how this show connects to the original novel and film adaption. The challenges of playing opposite herself as a set of twins in one of her bloodiest and over-the-top projects yet. Hear about James Wan's involvement, Madison's love of spooky season, horror filmmakers she wants to work with, and so much more. Episode 268 with the wonderful Madison Eisman is now playing. Graduation. I told you I was going. I had to drive a dad. <laughs> This party is about to get lit. I love this song. I'm here with the OGs. I need a burrito. <laughs> this cannot be happening. No one will really know what we did. Did anyone see us that night? No. Why do you ask? That's all we need. Another victim crawls onto the gurney for a Boo Crew autopsy. Joining Bloody Disgusting's Boo Crew via the Speakeasy Studio is a returning guest to the show. Her career is adventurous and fun and is reflected in her daring performances and the breadth of projects she immerses herself in. There is a startling variety in her work, and she has this magical ability to craft every role in such a completely unique way that each time it feels like you're seeing her for the first time from her appearances in the 22-time Emmy-winning Modern Family, two-time Academy Award winner Terry Sanders, Liza Liza Skyzer Gray, Kirby Buckets in the acclaimed CMT comedy series, Still the King, to massive Hollywood blockbusters like the Jumanji franchise, and then she'll leap into the visceral attack of Yovanka Vukovic's Riot Girls, a visionary punk indie feature, or a wonderful role in Disney's profound journey, Clouds. There is no one who can touch her diversity within the horror genre, which she has completely embraced. The multi-award winning anthology Tales of Halloween, Gateway spooky classics Ghost Squad and Goosebumps 2 to Gary Doberman and James Wan's Annabelle Comes Home and most recently dark emotional and dramatic explorations with Nocturne and Fear of Rain showcasing this remarkable depth the list doesn't even come close to ending there with countless short films features and more ever the consummate explorer igniting story after story creating an inspiring legacy of material that as a body of work in itself is perhaps the most impressive we've ever seen her latest is Return to horror with a series based on the 1973 novel I Know What You Did Last Summer set to premiere on October 15th with new episodes each week we are honored to welcome back the incredible Madison Eisman yeah Yeah. you guys always blow me away with your (laughs) you're you're blowing us away with all the amazing stuff you're doing and again uh, thank you so much for spending time with us again congratulations on your most incredible work yet we are so pumped with how great this series is and it's done in a way that's so powerful 
that we feel the horror of guilt just watching it. How many episodes have you guys seen? <laughs> we have the first four. Four. Ooh, okay, spicy. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh my God. This yeah. show pulls no punches, right? Yeah. Like in the first two episodes, drugs, sex, uh, full frontal nudity, gore, then this is very intense stuff. Yeah, you know, I feel like most of the things I've worked on have all been like spooky ghosts, you know, and demons. And this is really the first slasher out of all out of my horror repertoire. You know, like, I think this is the first time we've had lots of but Riot Girls is pretty bloody. I will say that. Before we get into the new show, wanted to quickly address your love of storytelling just in general and never being afraid to take on new things, no matter how different they might be from your work with Michael Murphy and music videos or in that short film float that you did or you do a nine minute film for Crypt TV, for instance, whatever the case may be. What fuels that drive for you and what ways does that stuff give you something back? You know, I, I love to create, but more than anything, I love to create with good people. And, and a lot of them are my friends. And um, and I have a lot of creative friends who have a lot of really great ideas. So I don't know. I just like to stay busy. And so usually if my friends come to me with something, I'm like, absolutely, I'm in. Um, I've always been kind of the girl who's always down for anything, really. But I like to stay busy, too. And I like to work. It's my favorite thing in the world. I know what you did last summer has become a part of pop culture going back to 1997's film adaption, spawning those two sequels and parodies. It's something that hasn't gone away. And the core morality play at the heart of that story is very timeless and, and relatable. So for those excited to dive into this new version, talk about the different spin that the new series gives those same elements. Yeah, so I really like to think of our series as like a nostalgic stepsister to the original movie and the novel of the same title. You know, our stories start the same exact way. We have our fatal car crash, a cover up and a killer who will literally stop at nothing to legit horrify us all. Um, But, you know, at the same time, it's completely fresh and new. We have a new cast. We have new characters, new settings. Um, It's more than just a bunch of teenagers running around for their lives. We, it, it's very character driven. So we're in a place where you have a bunch of people and, and we're all hiding something, you know, everyone's guilty of something. There's a lot of secrets and throughout every single episode, a little bit more is revealed of like what actually happened on that grad night. Uh, so we kind of give you a bunch of little puzzle pieces and in, in the end you get the full thing and it, it's pretty bonkers. Like I will say like we all had bets over who was the killer on uh on sex we got the first four episodes before we signed on yeah so we were all wrong we were all wrong except for one person yeah there are fun and twisted surprises which we're not going to reveal but i was wondering was the production shrouded in secrecy from start to finish between certain cast members yeah i mean we knew nothing we had what you guys saw so which at least was enough you know to make a a start for our characters and kind of like go from there but you know, really, we're kind of questioning the whole time as much as our characters are. And we have no idea what if the decisions we're making in the show, like where that will lead us to by the end of it. Um, so it was definitely an interesting way to, way to work. I haven't worked much in television anyways. Like I've, I've usually worked in a lot of feature films where, you know, you're given everything right from the beginning. So this was new for me. And it, it, I mean, we tried to get so much out of our showrunner, Sarah Goodman, who was lip tight, would not share anything. And uh and I was so wrong, guys. I thought I knew it. And <laughs> I was so wrong. I was so off. It, 
it's unbelievable. But if you pay attention, the clues are all there. There's a lot of other clues that are misleading and are clues that lead to like other discoveries from different parts of the show. But it's not it's not like they don't give it to you. And, and it's very it's very rewarding. It's not like a bad ending. Like right. it's it, you go like, oh, yeah, the boo crew will be right back. Time is running out for the people of the Asylum of the Insane. Asylum of the Insane, where madness is the norm. Filmed in horoscope, see thrilling scenes in 3D. Three-dimensional terror jumps off the screen and into your lap. Obtain your free 3D blood shield glasses upon entering the theater. Rated GP, but not recommended for impressionable children. Asylum of the Insane, produced in Hollywood by Maniac. <laughs> Watching you play two characters at the same time in scenes with each other is jaw dropping. It's actually incredibly eerie because as we were watching, Laura and I were watching, we're like, who's that? Wait a second. Is that? Oh my God. Is that Madison playing football? So like immediately we can tell when we're experiencing Lennon's journey and when we're experiencing Allison's journey, even when you're wearing the same clothes, there is an entirely different energy to each that is very palpable. How the hell did you do that? hard work and preparation um and and that was what was so difficult about it you know is the first time you meet these twins is at grad night and we are we're wearing very similar outfits which you can tell in the trailer so where i feel like in a normal and 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 whatever where you get to play twins you never get to play twins ever again but when you do you know usually there those physicalities help so much like style and like how you style your hair and like all of those things help differentiate them as people but because of what we were given you know it was so important for me to do the groundwork to make them different people but at the same time i didn't want to make them your stereotypical twins like i i wanted them to feel grounded and and i wanted them to be completely different but at the same time you know i wanted them to have some sort of a similarity and, and, and they are, they're identical twins. They share so much. And they also share this darkness from, you know, when their mother committed suicide when they were younger. So they are like, they're complete opposites where Lennon, she keeps her darkness on the inside and, and has kind of a shield when she walks through a room and she's uber confident. And then Allison kind of wears her pain on her sleeve, but it's the same pain, you know? And I think they find comfort in that and each other so it's very complex, um, but I had so much fun doing it and I kind of fell in love with the both of them. I'm going to ask my favorite question and I wanted to know if you were able to keep anything from the production because there were some awesome props and awesome costuming. Kept nothing. Um, I'm still trying to get a hold of Finn's jacket. That's like yes. the one thing I want so bad. Um, but no, they have it. Maybe one day they'll give it to me. Amazon. I'm wondering also just you being a very musical person outside of this. The show is very musical as well. I heard some poppy in there and Allison's kind of um, equated with liking FKA twigs at one point. Is that ever a gateway into different characters for you, whether it be preparing with playlists or getting into a vibe of a character by going through music? 
Yeah, it you know, but it's interesting though, like <laughs> I'm so behind in like what's hot today in the music world. So like half of the references that Sarah would bring up in the show, I'm like, I've never heard of that person in life. But for me, I do it differently. I do the same thing where I make playlists, but a lot of mine are like classical, it's like classical music and and really mood music more than you know, like what my character's listening to. I have certain playlists, certain scenes and like what can help me get in into those different people, whether I'm being Lennon or Allison. And what are the benefits of having the sandbox of time to explore all the ins and outs of a character over all these episodes? We assume like because of the format, you've probably spent more time as Allison and Lennon than in any other people you've ever portrayed. So what are the remnants of those that experience as an actor from, you know, maintaining those characters for such a long time? It's great. It gives you so much freedom and like so much time to really, you know, really figure out where you want your character to start and where you want them to end. And, um, you know, and, and usually in, in a feature film setting, you know, you're given a couple scenes where you're like, oh, I can explore this here and here. But here we're like, we're given a whole bunch of time. And also there's a lot of crazy crap that happens. And, and there's a lot that's revealed. So like, you're seeing a different version of each character every single episode. And there's always something revealed that will make you think differently about that person. Um, and also I think someone dies in every episode as well. I think every episode, but one, I'm pretty sure. What were the actual mechanics of, of acting opposite yourself to make it so seamless? Well, it was very technical. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, I knew it was going to be hard work, but I didn't know what, you know, went into it. But basically I had an acting double who it was amazing. She had to learn everything I had to learn and more, you know, it was like my, my favorite thing as an actor showing up on the day and having all my preparation, but then kind of like, you know, letting it all go when we start the scene and then just really being present with my, with my scene partner and going off their reactions. I think you get some really fresh nuanced takes, but with this, you know, I had to be fully pre-planned because my acting double had to know exactly what I was going to do when we switched characters. So it was just a different way of acting and uh, everything took double the amount of time. Everything, I mean, a scene that would normally took half the day took a whole day, if not more than a whole day. It was just, it was very technical, but um, rewarding at the same time. The location is gorgeous. I want to move to Hawaii. Now, was there a favorite location spot that you got to film at? Honestly, I think I think my favorite was uh, the Grant home, which is also connected to the Ohana restaurant. Uh, it was just, oh, it was so beautiful. Every day we shot there. I, I think it's an old YMCA camp for boys out there. And so I think they filmed Lost there. Like it was just the most beautiful setting. There's this gorgeous little cottage and like you look out the window and there's just the ocean and it's you're like where am i and then you look behind you and there's like jurassic park mountains behind you it's well setting this story in a place where nothing goes wrong the paradise of hawaii right it seems to infuse even more of an unsettling element to the story because of that intense polarity what do you feel like that decision adds to the story the setting is very much a character in itself, you know, and, and also in a way it parallels kind of what we're all feeling. You know, we're all trapped running away from this person who's after us and we're on an island. Like we can't leave, you know, we're stuck. And, um, and also, you know, I think in a weird way symbolizes how many characters are also feeling, you know, many of us are wearing masks and, and pretending to be, we're not. And 
it, it all kind of falls together. So I think Hawaii was literally the perfect location to shoot this, this series. Executive produced by James Wan, who is also, of course, behind the Annabelle Comes Home. Was he involved at all to a degree with which you got to interact with him on this piece in any way? No, but he gave such a great freedom to Sarah Goodman and really gave her the reins to like take hold of this baby. And it really is her baby. And she did such a fantastic job of creating all of these crazy complex characters. Um, so, I mean, yeah, James is great. And, but he definitely he he gave the woman the women the run of the show on this one, which is fun. Is there a storyteller in the horror genre that you would love to uh, work with and why? Oh, gosh. Um, it's so it's hard to say, because honestly, like my dream was always to work with um, my conjuring family, which I got to do. So that was on my bucket list. Um, so it's hard. I don't I really don't know. Honestly, I think Brianna said it earlier. Um, we were talking about how much we loved Haunting of Hill House, Fly Manor, all of those shows. I just think they're so well done. So that would be like a dream, a dream show, I think. Yeah, you would kill in that yeah. Mike Flanagan yeah. universe. That'd be exactly. amazing to see. Yeah, yeah. have you seen Midnight Mass? No, that's on my list to see. I have like a so list. Like, I'm, I'm so behind on everything I need to catch up on. Oh, on there's, there's so much stuff, including this, this yes. amazing show. <laughs> so good. And we're wondering, what is the spooky season as we're right in the midst of it? What is it like for Madison Eisman? What are things that you like to do around the Halloween season? You know, normally I do like to go out and do the full thing, but the past two years have been a little interesting. Um, I've turned into quite the couch potato, which is not a bad thing. So I will probably be watching lots and lots of scary movies. Any particular favorites? I mean, there's always the classics. You know, there's The Shining, which is always a go to. Uh, the ones that scared me when I was a kid. I love The Ring, The Grudge. Um, but recently we watched we watched Fear Street. <gasps> yeah, which- so great. Yeah, that's so great. Fun. Yeah, it was fantastic. Uh, there's a whole, that's also, I have another list, my Halloween list of things I need to get to. Considering, uh, you know, it's named after these movies, I was wondering if we should be looking out for any Easter eggs tied to the movies. Absolutely, you should. There's, definitely, there's Easter eggs kind of, you know, thrown throughout the whole thing. But it is, you know, our show is definitely like a fresh take on, on what they started. And there's a lot for a new audience, but I do think there's a lot of the old charm for any old fans who, who loved the 90s movies so much. Um, and there's some stuff in there, so you'll just have to look and see. <laughs> I love it, Madison. Well, listen, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. And congratulations on yet another marvelous show. Yes. Thanks, guys. You guys are always so great. I love being on here. Aww. Likewise. All right. See ya. That was the Boot Crew Podcast, episode 268. Special thanks to our guest, Madison Eisman. Follow at Madison Eisman on Instagram. And at time of release, check out our new series, I Know What You Did Last Summer, premiering on Amazon Prime now. Production tracks for this episode provided by Power Man 5000. Till next time, it is the Boot Crew saying, sweet screams. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Boo Crew Podcast. Haunt the Boo Crew at TalesFromTheBooCrew.com Tales from the Boo Crew on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at TalesFromTheBoo. The Boo Crew is Lauren and Trevor Shand and Leone D'Antonio. The Boo Crew is produced by Lauren Shand, chopped and sliced by Trevor Shand. The Boo Crew is a TSP creation, part of the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. Bye! 